Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. All right, are you ready for the word today? All right. Uh, I'm just going to chunk my notes. We're going to do something different, okay? So we'll just... uh, uh, We've already had good church. Haven't you had good church? Okay, so I can afford one flop as a message, I think. <laughs> uh, you might say, well, you know, you've already had your one. You know, you've had your bunch. Last Sunday, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wow, wasn't it powerful? It was the day in history, okay, if you went back because of the full moon and all that, you know, and the, it was the day in history. Sometimes Easter and, 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 and Passover, they just aren't, you know, um, the, the same. But man, this past week, Sunday was the day in history that Jesus was raised from the dead. I got so excited about that. I mean, really excited. I just love that kind of thing, you know? And, and man, it, it, it's, it's amazing when it happens. Well, here we are a week after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Very special time, very special season. You know, whenever I was a young man, uh, a young boy, I should say, uh, uh, each spring, you know, my dad would plow up ground and we would go out and plant stuff. I mean, we would plant a lot of things and, and I mean, acres and acres and acres of all kinds of things. It's just, there's, there's a season for planting. There's a season for dropping seeds. In fact, this morning while I was getting ready to come to church, God spoke to me about it's a season for putting seeds in the ground. It's a season to receive some seeds. And then, then that went over into the faith and the dreams and the visions. And, and I, I, I just believe that we're in a season of, 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 of God planting some new things in our life. Well, a week ago with the resurrection, some things took place in history. You're familiar with it. Let me catch you up on a couple of things, specifically about a man that we call Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Y'all know why we call Thomas, who was a disciple of Jesus Christ, an apostle, why we call him Doubting Thomas? We'll get to that in just a moment, all right? It may be a a little unfair accusation. Maybe we could even more call him Hurting Thomas, okay? Maybe we could call him, um, you know, um, Hopeless Thomas, okay? There are reasons why people go through what they go through. Thomas was called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, just like all the other disciples were called. And he walked with Jesus for three and a half years. You'll read about him in the scripture, Thomas called Didymus in some translations because people had two names. They had a Greek name and a Hebrew name, and most people did. But in his particular case, his name, both of them meant the same thing. Thomas called Didymus, which means twin. In the New King James Version, it calls him Thomas the twin, okay? We don't know whose twin he was. A lot of people have a lot of thoughts on whose twin he might be because he is always put together with Matthew, not always, but most of the time, you know, some people imagine, some scholars have conjectured that maybe he was Matthew's twin. We don't know. His twin may not even been a part of the disciples, you know, and then there's some weird, you you always have a bunch of weird scholars. I don't know where they come from, but some you know, some of them have even imagined that he was Jesus' twin. Not so. Don't go there. Anytime you read something that's stupid, just say stupid and go on. Okay? 
Bless people's hearts. Some people search so hard for answers and they're laying right there, you know, and some of them are just hidden. This is a hidden thing. Thomas the twin, okay? Thomas called Didymus. Thomas was a disciple that you don't think a whole lot about, but you actually heard a lot about. You know, he was outspoken. He was a very interesting individual. You know, he was there when Jesus walked on water. He was there when he calmed the sea. He was there whenever Jesus fed the, the, the 5,000. He was there whenever Jesus, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, reached out and he that soldier's ear that Peter had lopped off. I mean, Thomas was there. Thomas was believing like all the other disciples. You can read in the 11th chapter of John how that Thomas, whenever Jesus was telling the disciples about his friend Lazarus, who was sick. You remember? Lazarus, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read the, the book of John, but Lazarus was the brother of Mary and Martha. And Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived in Bethany, a town on the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem. And that's where Jesus would stay when he was in Jerusalem. He would stay with them. They were friends. And one day, Jesus got word that Lazarus was sick. His sisters, Mary and Martha, sent for Jesus and said, Hey, our, our, our brother's sick. Our brother's sick. Come, 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 come. Well, Jesus didn't go, didn't go, didn't go. And people wondered why Jesus didn't go. And finally, Jesus turns around in John the 11th chapter and says to his disciples, okay, we can go now. Lazarus is asleep. And they said, huh? And Jesus went, okay, let me tell you plain. Lazarus is dead, okay? And so when he repeated himself, they went, whoa. Okay, that's kind of shocking. Lazarus, your friend, you let him die. Lazarus, the guy that we know, we stayed at his house. Lazarus is dead? I mean, we've been here, you know, seemingly marking time, doing nothing, just waiting, and you let your friend, oh my goodness. Well, Thomas spoke up. Thomas is the one that said that day, hey, listen, let's all go to Jerusalem then and die with him. <laughs> There's a martyr guy right, guy right there. He's willing to go to Jerusalem. He's not sure how Lazarus died, but he's willing to go and do whatever he did and die with him. I mean, you know, he was willing to die with his friends. He was willing to die for a cause. I mean, he's a good guy. He's committed. Later on, after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, we get into John the 14th chapter. And in John the 14th chapter, Jesus begins to tell his disciples. He said, hey, listen. I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. Now, if this was not true, I would tell you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I'm going, you know, and the way you know. He's telling this to his disciples. You know where I'm going and you know the way. Thomas spoke up. He's the only one. He spoke up and he said, wait, I don't know where you're going. And I don't know the way. I mean, how can, how can you say that, that I know where you are? Jesus was trying to tell him that he was going to go away and come back. He'd already tried to tell him a few times that, that I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. On the third day, I'll be raised again. You know, and I'm going away. You know where I'm going and you know the way. Thomas said, well, I do not know where you're going and I don't know the way. I mean, he was just outspoken. He wanted Jesus to know, look, you're talking about something I don't understand. I, 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 I didn't understand about Lazarus being asleep, and I don't understand this either. Okay? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. You ever felt like you were the lost one in the crowd? Everybody else in the crowd knew what was going on, and you didn't? That's probably not true. Probably nobody knew what was going on. You're the only one willing to speak up about it. <laughs> hey, I don't hate. You don't make any sense to me. That's, uh, 
I don't know where you're going and I don't know the way. And that's when Jesus said in John 14, 6 to Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. Any man who comes to me, you know, I mean, man, Jesus makes that great, 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 uh, you know, expression of I'm the way. Well, he's telling Thomas, you just hang with me. You just stick with me. I'm going somewhere. And in your spirit, in your heart, you have heard where I'm going. I'm going to be with my father. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm trying to tell you I'm going away, but I will come again. You just hang with me. Stay with me. Stick with me. Okay. I am the way. Well, fast forward and we get to the arrest of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane just about 10 days ago. Jesus is taken, he's tried, he's beaten, he's crucified, he dies, and he's buried. We know that Jesus died alone. We know the disciples, you know, John ended up being there at the very end, but we know the disciples forsook him. They ran off. We don't know where, where they all went. We know Peter denied Jesus, but we don't know what the rest of them did. But they scattered. I mean, listen, it was a scary thing. Here the disciples had believed with all of their heart that Jesus was the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he's supposed to set his kingdom up on the earth, and he might get right up to the point of death, but surely 10,000 angels are going to come, and, and, he, and, he'll, and he'll victoriously get off that cross, and he'll put down all of the Roman soldiers in the Roman Empire, and he will be victorious. He'll set up his kingdom. That's what they all expected. It didn't happen. You ever been disappointed? Well, Thomas evidently was. He had went through everything the other disciples had gone through, and yet Thomas took it a little different than everybody else did. Everybody goes through difficult times, and some people take it one way and other people another way. You know, those other disciples, 10 of them minus Judas, you know what Judas did? Judas went out and hanged himself. There were 11 disciples left, and 10 of those locked themselves in an upper room. They were afraid. Their hopes were gone. They were empty. They, they, they didn't know what to do. They were confused. They had lost their dream. They had lost their vision. But they were together. They drew close to one another. Sometimes when people are disappointed, sometimes when they're hurt, sometimes whenever they go through trauma and tragedy, sometimes they gather together with their friends. There was a lot of camaraderie there. These guys had helped Jesus in everything he had done. I mean, they had formed friendships. They had left their families. They had left their houses. They had left their lands. And they had banded together. And they were, you know, you know comrades. They had seen Jesus being, you know, tested and, and tricked. They had seen him be arrested and, and crucified. They, you know, they knew that he was gone. And so, you know, 10 of them drew closer together. Thomas didn't. On the day, a week ago today, eight days ago today, counting this as one day, Jesus was raised victorious over Sin, death, hell, and the grave. He appeared to Mary. He appeared to a few other women. He appeared to Peter. He appeared to two on the road to Emmaus. And then there were those disciples, 10 of them, locked in an upper room for fear. 
That evening, on Sunday evening of the first day of his resurrection, he walked through closed doors. He walked through locked doors. And he walked right into the room and he said, I am alive. They got so excited. First they thought he was a spirit. First they thought he was, you know, just, 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 just spirit. He said, look, I'm not just spirit. I'm flesh and bones. You know, you can touch me. You know, you can give me something to eat. I'm really alive. This is me. It's my body. I am alive. Wow. It shocked them, but they believed and they listened to him and he taught them and he, and, and, and he you know, rebuked them for their unbelief and their unwillingness to believe others who had said that he was alive. And then he shared with them some things that, 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 that his resurrection meant. And then he left. Thomas wasn't there. Ten of the disciples were there, but Thomas wasn't. Where in the world was Thomas? People have wondered all through the ages, where was Thomas? Why wasn't Thomas there? I mean, Jesus, that, that's when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, Thomas didn't get to receive the Holy Spirit there? I mean, Thomas was out of place. Thomas was out of line. Thomas was out, out somewhere. Thomas had taken his hurt evidently a little different. You see, the crucifixion and the death of Jesus Christ and his burial affected every one of the disciples. It hurt them. It caused them to lose hope, but it did something different to Thomas. It made Thomas withdraw from his friends. It made Thomas withdraw from Bible study. It made Thomas withdraw from prayer. It made Thomas withdraw because hurt sometimes does. Sometimes when someone will get hurt in a church situation or a family situation or a group of friends, the first thing they want to do is draw away and draw back and get away. Why? Because sometimes it hurts so bad that the people you're around only remind you of the hurt. Only remind you of the broken dreams and, and, and the lost hope. You see, Thomas was hurting. Not only was Thomas hurting, Thomas was hardened. Thomas was hard. In just three days, he had got hard-hearted. He had gotten cynical. He'd gotten skeptical. He had gotten to a place where his heart was hardened. He didn't even want to be around his friends. He didn't even want to hear any good news. He didn't even want to. I mean, he was, he was hard. And he was hopeless. He had no hope. It's difficult to be in a place where you have no hope. Where you have no dream of a better tomorrow. Where you cannot imagine that anything tomorrow is going to be any better than it was yesterday. And that's where Thomas was. We don't know what he did. We don't know where he went. We don't know if he went out and sat under a tree like Jonah did. Or maybe he went out to the bars. Or maybe he sought some old friends. We don't know what he did. But we do know that he was not in place. He was not there with the day. He was not praying. He was not seeking God. He was not even with his family and his friends. He was by himself somewhere out somewhere. And so when Jesus walked through last Sunday morning, that day in history... He was resurrected. That evening, he shows up to the disciples. He walks through that door. There he is in their midst. He shows himself alive. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus leaves. A little bit later, Thomas gets there. Thomas comes in. They say, we've seen the Lord. <laughs> Woo, he's alive. Thomas is hurt. He's hardened and he's hopeless. Look with me in John, the 20th chapter. John chapter 20, verse number 24. Reading from the New King James Version. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. 
The other disciples therefore said to Thomas, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, well, unless I see in his hand the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. What makes a believer stop believing? What makes someone who had such faith, who had such investment, who had such hope, what makes them lose hope and stop believing and stop trusting? What makes hurt, hurt, disappointment, disillusionment? It comes from a lot of things. Perhaps you have been in a situation in life where something happened and it made you want to withdraw. It made you even consider just quitting, stopping. I'm just not going to believe anymore. I'm just not going to be a part anymore. I'm just not going to, going to work anymore. I'm just not going to go there and pray anymore. I'm just not going to go to Bible study anymore. I'm just not going to, going to you know, I'm not going to hope anymore. I'm just, I, I just don't have it in me anymore. No, 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 no. That's what Thomas did. Perhaps something happened or perhaps nothing happened. Perhaps you were believing God and, and, and perhaps you were on fire and perhaps you were a part of the in crowd and perhaps you were a part of the ones that were working so hard and you just kept working and, and just nothing happened. What you were really hoping and bleeding for, it just, it just didn't happen. It just didn't materialize. And it just got to the place to where it just, you just got tired of it. You just got angry. You got, you got what's the use? Perhaps something happened or perhaps nothing happened. Either one of those can cause disillusionment, can cause hurt and disappointment. Maybe what Thomas hoped would happen just didn't. And he's having to deal with it. <laughs> you know, maybe he's having to imagine himself as a fool. Maybe he's having to imagine, what in the world am I going to tell us? I, I mean, people tried to tell me, my family tried to tell me not to go believe in Jesus. You know? People warned me about, about, you know, speaking in tongues and praying for healing. People warned me about getting all excited about Jesus. People warned me. They were right. He wasn't Messiah. I'm not going to believe it. I mean, whenever your best friends, he knows they aren't liars. He knows that, they, that, that they're serious. But whenever your best friends... The ones that you trust and you know that you've walked with them. You know they're not liars. Whenever you won't even believe them. When they can't cheer you up. When they can't make a difference in your life. When their testimony means nothing to you about the living, resurrected Jesus and what he's done in their lives. And you just go, ah, so what? When you can't get excited about Jesus showing up to these two young ladies today, you, you've gotten a little cold. When today has not on your list of one of the best days ever. But it happens. It happened to Thomas. 
I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to get back involved. I'm not going to get in it again. Yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you know, what, what do you guys want to do? Y'all want to go out some, you know? Verse 26. After eight days, that's today in history. Today in history. Today, Sunday in history, okay? This is today in history. After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. <laughs> okay, I don't know if it's because they encouraged him to hang around, whether they made it comfortable for him, whether they were fishing him, whether they were still working with him, or whether perhaps he just didn't have anywhere else to go, but he was hanging around. He was there. He was, Jesus knew he would be there. He was there with him and Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas. This is directly at Thomas. You see, Jesus knows where you are, even when you're disappointed, disillusioned, even when you're hurt, even when you're hard, even when you're hopeless. Jesus knows where you are. He knows the thoughts of your mind. He knows the words that you're speaking. He knows what you need. And he showed up. He'll always show up. He'll always show up. And he'll speak right to you. Peace be to you. Through your hurt, through your hardness, through your hopelessness, because something happened or nothing happened, peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving. I mean, here is Thomas, his disciple, and he's having to say to his disciple, please don't stop believing me. Please don't become an unbeliever. Please don't start living the life of someone who does not believe. Come on now. Come on. But be believing. There is, a, there is an indication that, that you need to be constantly believing. There's something you need to be believing God for. Don't stop believing. Don't check out. Get back in the game, Thomas. Get in the game. If you're hurting, if you're hardened, if you're hopeless, get back in the game. Jesus has peace for you. Jesus has peace for your family, the person you're going to talk to this week, like that, that homeless man man that I talked to three weeks ago. You know, he had no hope. He was hurt. He was hurt because people had tried to rob him. He put two of them in the hospital, by the way. Okay. <laughs> and the third one took off running. Okay. He looks like he can barely walk. All of my staff said, don't touch him, please. <laughs> he, he was hopeless. He was hurt. Jesus knew where he was. He knew right where he was. He knows where you are. He knows where your friend is. He knows where your family is. He's not giving up on them. He's going to show up just right where they are. He's going to show up where you are. Listen, don't let your hurt make you hard and, and give you no hope. Don't be unbelieving. Don't start living the life of an unbeliever. Don't stop believing. Don't stop having faith. Don't stop challenging sickness. Don't stop challenging disease. Don't stop praying for a change in this world, a change in the hearts. Don't stop believing, but be believing. Get, come on, give me, a, give me a better hand clap than that. I'm preaching better than you're amening. <laughs> come on, somebody shout glory. glory. Come on, and one more time. 
All right. And Thomas answered, and this is what we do when Jesus comes back into our moment. This is what we do as believers. My Lord and my God, you are the creator of the universe and you are my master. I am your child and your servant. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Wow. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You don't have to wait till Jesus shows up in your bedroom. You don't have to wait until he shows up in the clouds. Today, you can be blessed by making a decision and making a declaration that as for me and my house, we are going to believe God. We're going to say no to those voices that tell us it's not going to happen. We're going to say no every time those negative thoughts come. We're going to say no in the name of Jesus. We are going to be believers. We're not going to be doubters. We're not going to be hurt. We're not going to be hardened. We're not going to be hopeless. We are going to believe because he is my God and my Savior. Amen. You believe that? It's good stuff. You know, in a moment, 